Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 140. Our Sunday worship service for November 10th, 2019 is What Do You Do? It is the sixth in the series, Meaning Fulfilled. Your work doesn't have to define you, but your calling can set you free. So the uh, scripture today, Matthew 10, 9 through 10, do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two coats or sandals or a staff. Here's the thing. For the worker is worthy of his support. For the worker is worthy of their support. That's kind of a big deal. But Depending on your orientation, it can seem like a weird Because in a way, depending on your orientation... It seems almost paradoxical because here's Jesus saying, don't think about stuff. Don't think about the reward. Don't think about what you're going to get out of it. Don't worry about your 401k in this situation. On the one hand. But then he immediately says, a worker is worthy of their support. In other words, he's saying, you're going to get compensated for your time. So depending on your orientation, it's easy to go, okay, Jesus, which is it? Do I not? Or am I working in assurance that there's going to be something at the end of this? Which is it? I chose this piece of Scripture for a lot of reasons, but one of them because there's so much in that time depending on your orientation. And here's the big lesson, and it applies to Scripture, it applies to spirituality, it applies to life. If something in the outer looks paradoxical, looks like it doesn't make sense, looks like it doesn't working. If something in the click for you, you can work on it in the outer. You can try to shift things around outside your life and your situation. Good luck. Perhaps you've tried this and you know how that works. You just get sweaty. Doesn't make sense to you, doesn't work for you, doesn't click for you. The other option is to take it inside. If I am the kind of person who is fixated on outer things, if I'm the kind of person who's working to try to fill some kind of gap, if I am absence-oriented, let's say, and I checked, it does not make the heart grow fonder. If I am absence-oriented, I read a piece of Scripture like that and it feels like, okay, well, which is it? I'm thinking about the... Do I think about it? Do I not think about it? Do I want it? Do I not want it? But maybe the lesson is, that's not the point at all. Maybe what Jesus is talking about in that moment is you have things to think about the action, not about the repercussion. Think about the moment of inherent good, inherent glory, inherent beauty and truth instead of what's going to happen as a result. Ask yourself, what orients you? Thinking about here or are you thinking about there? And that little shift will change your whole ability to love and be loved, to find healing and prosperity, to have fun. <laughs> really, it's, it's that simple. So, for a second, I want you to imagine something with me. I'm going to describe a situation, and you tell me what you think of it. Imagine a situation where everybody is forced to be in this place because of something they did or they did not do. And when you go into this place, you're given a, a special identification number. It's associated with you. You have to have your number. 
Imagine that this place is very closely regimented. There's rules about and when you're allowed to be there and when you're allowed to take a break and when you're allowed to work. Imagine that there's rules about when you're allowed to eat. Imagine that every single person in this place, all they think about is, if I'm here long enough, I get to not be here anymore. Every single person in that place is motivated by two thoughts. Thought one, what do I need to do to get out of here? And thought two, what can I get away with while I'm here? You have a clear picture. Now, this is a hypothetical situation that I have given to people for a long time now. And I have to tell you, after talking to dozens, if not hundreds of people to paint that picture, the overwhelming majority of the time when I say, people go, oh, that's prison. But I am describing the average workplace. Think about it. All of those things apply. Now, I'm not saying it's universal. Not everybody has that relationship, but think about it. And think about what that means in our culture where the feeling that we have about how work is supposed to go is so interchangeable with the Shawshank Redemption. And this is problematic when we live in a culture where people really do identify themselves by their job title. It's what they say when they, when they introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Joe Blow and I am a plumber. So that's part of it. A lot of people get their identity from that. And even tired or doesn't have a nine to five so often identifies themselves with their activity, with a doing instead of a being, as we might say. This is a big deal for all kinds of reasons because we also tend to think of a successful person as someone really good at identifying with the job. Boy, that person, they are a plumber through and through. Or whatever. They are a doctor, a lawyer, an astronaut. They just live this stuff. Their whole identity comes from that. And in a way, it sounds like success in a way, but what happens when you quit or you get laid off? What happens when you win the lottery and there's that existential moment of, who am I if I'm not this thing that I do? But there's a deeper thing here. Almost universally, the job is equated with misery. And almost universally, once again, the job, whether it's one you get paid for or just the thing you do all the time, if the thing you do with misery, if people introduce themselves by the job they have and how miserable it was just to get here today, oh, did you see the traffic, for example? If the situation is misery and I am identified with the situation, then who the heck am I? If I identify myself with misery, how far can I go in my life? What if there is a different uh, uh, standard of currency, let's say? What if we as a people, as a culture, as a church, as a whatever you want to call it, what if we stop trading... Meaning for money. Because a lot of people are asked to do that. To trade the, the moment of experience, of art, of beauty. To trade that away for some kind of hope. And eventually, and like I said, a lot of people do that in work. If you can just sit still long enough, you'll get to be happy eventually. If you can put up with enough misery. But it ain't just a work thing, is it? How many people say, you know, I don't really love that person I'm with. Isn't that the same thing? How many people equate that, they do that little transaction, how many people trade meaning 
for money, for that that temporary reward that we are store up treasures in and all that kind of stuff. You know about that. How many people do that transaction? What if there's a different way? Because I'm here to tell you that that way is no way. And you know it because you've tried it. Everybody has. It's kind of what we're trained for. For reason. What if we quit doing it? What if we do it differently? And if you're the kind of person who writes things down, here's a good thing to write down. Engagement is the language of meaning. I'm going to say that again. Engagement is the language of meaning. In other words, if you want a meaningful life, a functional life, a happy life, a spiritually fulfilling life, a life that has passion, a life that works, use I like the word meaning. If you want to have a meaningful life, the trick is not to distance yourself from what's important. The trick is to jump in. Engagement. So ask yourself, by the things that I do, and I get it, everybody's got bills. Do it nine to five. But can you do it one (laughs) out of 24? Can I do something that allows me to step into the flow of life just a little bit instead of distancing myself? The question today, the topic, What do you do? How do you identify? Now, I don't need to tell you that abstraction is the opposite of prosperity. Everybody knows what it feels like when they do something, they're engaged in something, they're involved in something that makes them feel far away from what's happy. And with a lot of people, there are a number of layers. I don't do the thing I love, I do the thing I hate, and they give me money, but I don't really care about money, but I do that to put food on the table, and I don't really live for the food, but I want to make somebody happy. So there's this, this amazing set of love. Something we've talked about before, but it is a universal theme, right? And it's not just about the nine to five, as much as I like Dolly Parton. It's not that. It's everything. You know what it feels like when something happens, and you let's say, from your good. And there's a real problem there. Because the more I am distanced, the more layers there are between me and happiness, me and love, me and inspiration, me and whatever it is that makes my heart smile, that makes me want to dance. The more layers there are between me and that thing, the more layers there are between me and God the problem you know we don't use the word sin a lot it's a real good fire and brimstone kind of word and we don't really do that around here very much or at all <laughs> it's not even warm in here today but you've been around me more than five minutes you know that the word sin simply means missing the mark right you've heard that before it means missing the point sinning is not a permanent state it just means i don't get it I have sinned because I missed the And because I missed the point, I had a goofy idea about myself or my world or about somebody else, I did a goofy thing. That's what sin is. Let's be really clear. Theologically, sin is not a permanent condition. And I say that because there are some places you can go on a Sunday morning that talk about sin like it's some kind of design flaw. And as we have said so many times, if you were built wrong, what does that say about your builder? There's no factory recalls. This isn't Hyundai. 
You are made in the image and likeness. And all of those things that you know, that we talk about, that we love to think about. Sin is not a permanent condition. It is not a descriptive. If you find that you have sinned, if you find that there's a situation where you didn't get it and so you didn't do it right, do it right now. Fix it. That's all. Go and sin no more, says Jesus. That's all it means. Get over it. But the surest definition of sin is that I have between me and God between me and happiness, between me and what I know I ought to be doing for the sake of, let's say, getting paid or for the sake of avoiding an argument or standing up to a bully. I get it. Looks like letting bad things happen because I don't want to mess with it. That's it. And that's a problem when we're taught that being successful means having a lot of layers between you and the thing you want to do you think about the word professional what does that mean people say i'm a professional it means i get paid to do the thing i do right i get paid for it that's what people often think of when they think of the word professional i get a lot of external reward for the thing i am an accomplished and well-equipped sinner (laughs) but you know that's not what the word means right originally a professional is someone who has something to profess That's where the word comes from. Is somebody with something to say. In other words, I'm so good at this whatever it is, I'm so in love with it, enraptured with this thing, that i got to share it with the world. It's not defined by the reward I get. It's defined by my ability to share something. But that's not the usage, right? What if we change that? So let me be really clear about that. You will prosper in whatever way that makes sense to you. You will prosper. That you figure out what it is you're here to say and say it. And rest assured, you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. There are no accidents to this process, boys and girls. And that means that God puts you here to say, get it, sometimes it's hard to find that. Sometimes it seems like, I got, I got a mortgage. I can't think about that. I get it. But to the degree that you work on it, you'll get happier. I promise. Does my situation help me figure out what it is that I'm here to say? And does my situation help me say it? If not, find some little thing. Doesn't have to be big. Find some little thing that you can change to get better. Because that's the name of the game. B, that promotions were not a thing. (laughs) Think about, imagine yourself in a village in the, you know, a long, long, long time ago and you were an apprentice blacksmith. You get one promotion. Blacksmith. <laughs> That's it. If you do your job well enough, the goal is not to advance. The goal is to get good. Now that feels pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, think about that. If you are a husband, wife, father, son, daughter, whatever it is, is your goal... To get a promotion? I'm not trying to get a promotion, Jen. There's no promotion. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's a weird concept of parenting. If I'm a good enough dad, I'll get promoted. i give you other kids. Is that how that works? That's weird. What an artificial idea. You know what I mean? It seems pretty natural to be in a situation where the goal is, I just want to be good at this. 
actually very recently, the beginning of the 19th century, that we start to see the idea of, instead of I want to get good, the idea of I want to advance. And if I advance far enough, I won't have to do anything at all. Which is weird. If I work really hard, work. Well, if you started doing something you loved instead, you wouldn't ever want to stop doing it. That's a good test of prosperity. Not stagnation, but righteous action, right? But as I say, this is a fairly recent human concept, the idea versus the idea of mastery, but it's based on something that is very not recent. It's based on the idea that God is somewhere else. Think about it. If God is in the head office in the sky, then all I care about is do anything I can do to not be here. What do you want? Casual Friday? Wacky Hawaiian shirt Tuesday? What do I got to do? Do I got to kneel, bow, pray, tithe? What? So that I can get the big promotion in the sky. Jesus dealing with this. As I say, this is not a recent phenomenon. Jesus said at the very beginning, guys, God is here. What are you doing waiting for God to show up? What are you doing trying to get to God? There's no map to God. Here's God. To love, truth, beauty, excellence, honor, here it is. What are you doing waiting around? What are you doing trying to get to a place you already are? That doesn't work. And my desire to get to some place that I already am prevents me from seeing what I am. Problem, I'm the problem. So ask yourself, what if instead of a promotion, I just try to get good at something? As I said, I get it. People have bills to pay. Maybe you can't do this. Can you do it one minute a day? Can you get good at something just for the sake of getting good at it? Can I find a way to engage? What does that look like? Take a minute and think about that. What do I need to do? Because I think it was Marx. I can't remember if it was Carl or uh, Chico. Marx who said that religion is the opiate of the masses. And that's a lot of words in there. But what he was saying is that, that a lot of church like it's some kind of drug, opium, right? Some kind of medication. And you know what? He had a point. Because there's a lot of people who go to church not to be changed, not to be challenged, but instead to be medicated. If I can just sit here long enough, I won't have to do it. It doesn't work. That stinks. That <laughs> Karl Marx didn't say that. I, I am saying that. That stinks. And in fact, it's almost worse. It's a terrible thing to believe that there is no meaning to life. It's an even worse thing if somebody says, oh, there's no meaning right now, but there'll be meaning sometime later, so just put up with a lot. That's worse. And that's what happens in a lot of churches. Put up with terrible things. Let the bullies continue to be bullies. Do not stand still and let bad things happen because if you do your time long enough, you will get called to the head office in the sky. And that's why a lot of people don't go to those churches anymore. I don't either. But let's be real careful about where we are. you drawn to medication in one way or another? Because if you require a certain degree of numbness <laughs> to get through your day, maybe it's time to change what you do during that day. Because life is not... Hoping, and I say that very carefully because a big old hunk of religion, and I got to say, about 90% of what I read in the self help department of Barnes and Noble is about medication. If I follow these simple steps, I can get really good at doing a job that I hate. 
Well, that's not it, is it? If I get really good at following these simple steps, I can continue making the world the worst place by putting more misery in it. Yuck. That's a little bit like you're driving your car and all of a come on, maintain engine soon, oil change, you are out of gas, ejector seat, whatever those lights are. It's a little bit like life is giving me all of these signals and my option is if I go to a medication church, self-help book, my option is, you know what, I'm just going to put a piece of tape over those because I don't want to see them. And I'm just going to learn to drive with the noises and the weird knocks and pings and wiggles and, and I'm going to get real comfortable with AAA. It sounds like a support group. You know, Thanks. ask yourself, am I taping over the indicators that life is giving me? Because engagement is the language of meaning. And I understand why people give up hope sometimes, but I also want you to know that hope is going to happen. Hope is going to happen. The longer you try to fight it, the longer it takes, but sooner or later something will happen where the lady coming the other way on the sidewalk makes you scared enough to pay. Where the bills cannot be paid doing the miserable thing, so you've got to choose another option. Where the person you've been lying to finally figures out the lie. Or vice versa. One way or another, hope will kick in. You will get pushed out of your God for those moments when we have to be dynamic. Thank God for those moments when we find something inside of us instead of looking outside. So let me put all that that is just me setting the stage for this basic idea. Don't live your life like you're trying to fill a hole. That's all I'm really trying to say. It just takes me a while to get there because I've got to unpack a bunch of stuff. Don't live your life like you're trying to fill a hole because if you believe fundamentally absence in your heart, I am here to tell you that nothing you do will make you feel full enough because you are arguing with your own imagination and you can only lose that fight. Do not live your life like you're trying to fill a hole always feel empty because you are emptiness oriented. That's all you'll see. You know that, right? And I say that and I want to say that very carefully and deliberately because there's a lot of people who stay in that place and they think, you know, if I work a little harder I will deserve the happiness. If I can just beat myself up a little bit more, if I can contort my heart, then this person will finally love me. Trust me, you don't want someone to love you who lives with If there is someone who requires you to beat yourself up, to contort yourself, you don't want that love because that ain't love. It's very romantic to feel like I have to slay a dragon for somebody you to be the kind of person and to find the kind of person to where when there's a dragon, that person will say, let me get my sword too. And I found one of those. But do that. Be a partner instead of trying to fill an empty... This is the thing I want you to know. This is important. This is the... I, I know it's hard sometimes, but... Here's the thing that I want you to know. Meaning is earned. Meaning is not earned. There is nothing you can do to earn meaning. Meaning is not earned, it is experienced. In other words, go out and do the thing. Meaning is not earned, it is experienced. 
happen until you step out into it. And as it turns out, that phrase works for everything important. Love is not earned. It is experienced. Art, inspiration, beauty, the thing that you have with God is completely unearned. Experienced. In other words, it will only happen for you until you... Let me say that again. It will only happen for you when you step into it. I got so excited I got ahead of myself. But this is the thing. I get excited about this central thing. There are so many people that go to churches on Sunday morning either trying to dodge life and or trying to get more God. And the equation doesn't ever work that way. What if God was here? This seems to be what Jesus is saying all the time. To earn God and I started trying to step into the flow of a life that is meaningful. What if I just show up for this? Look, here's the thing. This is complicated. You can't help but move, right? You are an active person. The cells of your body, the thoughts in your head, the beating of your heart, the movement of your soul through this life, you cannot hold still. Right? It just happens. The more you fight it, you're like a little kid that needs to be taken out of church. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love that. That's who you are. You can't hold still. So you really only have one choice. I, I have to do things so I can either do things that put, put more or I can do things that take it away. That's it. What will it be? Take a minute and look around. Take a minute and decide, of the things that I put up with, maybe there are things that i got to chew on for a while and I can't get my job and write the great American novel today. I get it. There's something. There's something I can do to stand up to the bully. There's something I can do to tell my truth. There's something I can do to show up for my life because here is the deed. is calling. Each and every moment, life is asking you, can you get good at this? instead of trying to get to where you don't have to do it anymore? You have what it takes to get good at love. You have what it takes to get so good at life happens for you. You have what it takes to get good at this because God made you perfect. Stop stopping. Stop withdrawing. Let's take that unstoppable heart out for a spin see what happens. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to make it. This is freely given. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening along to the services and being a part of this extended church family. I love the idea that it's not something that's bound by a particular physical location, although I want you to know that you're always welcome to come join us. Our street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's an amazing thing to be a part of this physical community. But one way or another, I want you to know that you're part of a larger family. And this meaning series that we're working on has to do with finding out what really matters in your life and making a life that matters for everybody. So with that in mind, there's all kinds of things that I want you to know about. There's all kinds of things to try and do that's going to make a difference in your life. And to find out more about the different homework and kind of things that we have going on, please find us on the web 
at waterandstonechurch.com. That's waterandstonechurch.com, all spelled out. And you can find uh, our address, service times, links to all kinds of things that we're doing, and most importantly, links to find us on all kinds of social media. We'll be posting a lot of movies and things on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to our newsletter, all of that. The two big important links are, once again, waterandstonechurch.com and at Waterstone Min, M-I-N, at Waterstone Min. That's where we are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So find us in those places. We'll be looking for you.